Have you ever felt like it's you against the world running a restaurant? What if I told you that many of the challenges you face each day, other restaurants are experiencing those same struggles? You see, all business problems are people problems in disguise. So how can you solve these people problems? Donald Burns, the restaurant coach, is now accepting new members to his elite group coaching program called Restaurant Masterminds. The group meets twice a week via Zoom, plus you get access to the recordings and 24-7 access to his private training library to help you build your brand, strengthen your team, and increase your profits. If you're tired of your restaurant running your life, then head over to restaurantmasterminds.com. It's the fast track to getting your life back. Loading in Welcome to the Restaurant Coach Podcast. It's the cure for the common restaurant. Expert interviews, tools, and tips to get you the restaurant you know it can be. Now, here is your host, Donald Burns, the Restaurant Coach. And welcome to the Restaurant Coach Podcast. It is the cure for the common restaurant. I mean, who really wants to be common? I guess, well, I guess those that endorse mediocrity. But since you're here listening to this podcast, I know that's not you. Okay, I've had a few emails recently asking about my group coaching program called Restaurant Masterminds. A mastermind group is a program uh, where basically it's they kind of cover a high-level agenda or curriculum. Now, in all of my coaching programs, the Restaurant Coach University, Restaurant Masterminds, or the Restaurant Accelerator, we all follow what's known as the 3P framework. And the 3P framework consists of people, product, process in that order. Trust me when I say, after working with thousands of independent restaurants, that I will tell you the exact steps that you must take to break free from your restaurant running you. And you'll take that information and you'll try to change your order around because there's a part of it that you don't like to work on. And then you're going to mess it all up. You'll try it your way. And then what we're going to do is we're going to do it the right way. Some people think that a mastermind group is some sort of kind of super secret organization that has a secret handshake or passwords for meetings. I'm telling you, it's not the Freemasons. <laughs> restaurant Masterminds is a coaching group for restaurant owners only. I like to keep it to restaurant owners only because there's a lot of psychological stress that comes along with owning a business. And <laughs> I'm a big believer, I've always been a big believer, that a restaurant coach needs to have been a restaurant owner in order to coach other owners. Too many people today are throwing in their hat into the ring saying that they're a restaurant coach when what they are is just a slick marketer trying to take advantage of people in a vulnerable state. I know what it's like. I mean, I've been there. I know what it's like not to sleep because you're worried. If sales aren't good tomorrow, am I going to make payroll? Or how about you know giving a vendor a check and hoping that it clears? I've been there. I've, kept, I've been awake at night worried about my business. And I thought, like many other people, that I just need to work harder to get out of the situation. And then I got a business coach, and he opened my eyes to understanding that the skills I had to open a restaurant would not allow me to grow my restaurant. So he showed me this, this beautiful thing called the 3P framework, and everything changed. Allow me to share that with you. Allow me to offer you the same help he helped me with. Today, what I want to do is I want to take you inside one of my Restaurant Mastermind calls. Now, unlike many other Mastermind programs, Restaurant Masterminds meets twice a week. On Monday, we always have an educational session. And on Thursday, we always have a Q&A call. 
Having two calls per week is a game changer. And I will tell you right now, I don't know if any other restaurant coach out there doing two mastermind calls each week. If you find one, please let me know because I see that they're either doing one call a week or one call every other week. I mean, really, how can you change yourself and your restaurant with that short of coaching time? It's really, really hard. I believe that coaching should be more frequent and consistent. This call that you're about to listen to is all about the connection between your standards and your culture. And I'm also going to give you a look at what I call are the four types of culture. And when you listen to the four types of culture, see if you can figure out which one is your restaurant culture right now. So let's jump into the mastermind call. So flying back, I was in Vermont last couple days visiting Ryan and Jamie at their place, tap room, kingdom tap room and table. And uh, one of the things popped up to me that I was, I was kind of curious about. And actually, some people have actually mentioned it on some of the mastermind calls. The kind of question is like, and I get this a lot. How come my staff won't follow the checklist? <laughs> right? I can't get my staff to follow a checklist. All right. There is a correlation between your standards your core values and your culture. So let me ask you a question. What's the difference between brand and culture first? What's the difference between brand and culture? What people, what your customers perceive you as versus what your... uh employees perceive you as yeah the simple definition i use for the definition but the difference between brand and culture is brand is what your guests say about you and culture is what your team says about you so here's the other question what comes first the brand or the culture 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 now when we talk about we talk about standards, expectations, core values, and culture. What comes first? The standards or the culture? Standards. What does everybody think? The standards. Standards come first. Core values have to, I think. Core values. I'm going to go with core values because your people feed the process. Right. So remember, we talk about the 3P model. The 3P model is people, product, process, right? That's our, our framework for everything. <clears throat> right. So a lot of times I, I see a lot of like when I go to restaurants and I do like one-on-ones or I do site visits, I'll notice that they have like the core values card in place, which is great. Core values cards in place. That's great. But a lot of times there's no like total buy-in yet because the team hasn't bought into the core values or the team doesn't know the core values or worse, the team doesn't see the core values being lived by the leaders of the organization, which, so I was thinking like, you know, if we don't have 
the culture created to support the standards, they're never going to be followed. So a lot of times we create these standards and then we wonder like, how come the team won't do the checklist? How come the team doesn't follow what we want them to do? How come the team doesn't do this, doesn't do that? And the reason is, and I can tell you right now, it's because of the culture. It's the culture that's created. And there's basically, there's quite a few different cultures. <laughs> I started writing, I started drafting this out uh, for the book. And I, I was like, there's like, there's different types of cultures. I basically identified there's three or four different types of culture. Okay, four types of cultures. And I, got, I give them all a name. <clears throat> One type is I called the wild, wild west, the wild west culture, which is basically a toxic culture. That's where it's dog eat dog. Everyone's out for themselves. No one, uh, it's basically a bunch of mercenaries. Um, you got people that basically just, they come for the money. Um, and as soon as they get offered for more money, they leave right away. I see that one a lot in really what I call, you know, bad or even sometimes, you know, surviving restaurants is this toxic culture. And that's basically where, you know, of course the team runs the show. We don't ever want to be there. The next one up is what I call the friends culture. The friends culture is where the manager, leader, owner, operator basically wants to be friends with everybody. And the problem is when you're friends with everybody, it's hard to get them to stand up and do the things you want them to do. I mean, we want to be friends with people. We want to be friendly. But the friends, the friends culture is basically where there's not really no accountability. And everyone kind of gives everyone a pass. <clears throat> I've seen this recently. <laughs> a very much of a friend's culture where everyone's everyone's buddies. And the problem is like everyone, you know, everyone who works there, they're all friends. They all hang out together. And then the owners and leaders kind of let everyone kind of do kind of what they want to do. You know, now the extreme of that is what I call the dictator. <laughs> We've all seen those ones before. That's where the owner rules with an iron fist and micromanages. Basically, they use fear and intimidation to control. And when you use fear to in intimidation to control, you really have no control. Because they'll do it while you're there. But what happens as soon as you turn your back or you leave? They go back to doing what they want to do, right? <clears throat> and the last one is what I call the autonomous. The autonomous one is where the team basically polices themselves. The autonomous culture, or I call a leadership culture, is where we all kind of strive for and aim for. Now, those four cultures right now, four types of cultures. What would you say your culture is right now? Are you the Wild West? 
You got the friends culture. Are you the dictator or do you have the leadership culture? Type in the chat. Which one do you think you have? Type in the chat. Which one do you think you have? It's okay. There's no right or wrong answer here. <clears throat> A little bit of the last three. A little bit of the friends, a little bit of dictator, a little bit of leadership, right? Combo of one, two, and four. Between friends and autonomous. Two. New people, not sure. Friends and autonomous. So, and we talk about this a lot too. How do I get my, how do I get my, my culture kind of back on track? You have to use the tools. Tools are the answers. How do we use our tools? Number one, everyone should have a core value mission card you don't have a core value mission card get with me right away and make sure we have a core value mission card number two you gotta make sure you roll out that core value mission card right way taking your core value mission card and posting it up on the wall and saying these are our core values and mission and not explaining it to people is not really doing anything another thing too if you got a bunch of signs all around your restaurant you know saying do this do this don't do this don't do that Take those signs down. I want us to work on more face-to-face -face communication with our team. And I used to be guilty of this too. I was the master of the memo, okay? I would be pissed off about something. I would be mad. I would get to my computer. I would type up a memo and I would post that memo all over the place. Keep the walk-in clean. Next time I swing the walk-in dirty, someone's head's going to roll. I used to be that kind of thing. And then when we think about that stuff, that's kind of that dictator, <laughs> you know, I'm micromanaging. Also too, I have a big feeling, and we talked about this in the leadership blueprint. When you put up just memos and don't say things behind it or give explanation behind it, that's super passive aggressive. And we definitely don't want to be passive aggressive. Passive aggressive behavior does not build trust, does not build teams, because number one, you don't trust him. Number two, it's not respectful. And without respect and trust, we don't have a team. So what happens when people open restaurants? What happens when people open restaurants is when you first open your restaurant, you have these really, really beautiful high standards that you want. And I call it, you know, the standard degradation effect or degradation effect, however you want to pronounce it. Your standards start up really here. And then you get some pushback from the team and things start, basically, you start backing down and you start changing or, you know, basically suppressing your standards or, or lowering your standards to accommodate the needs of the team because you basically get culture pushback. What I want everyone to do this week is I want you to, again, and we should have, and we should have a list of non-negotiables. We should reestablish what our standards are. We should establish what we want our team to be. We should establish what our core values and mission and core value cards are. 
And we need to roll those out to the team and understand why it's important. Was a, and not to, not to, sorry, sorry, Ryan, I'm going to throw you under the bus here. <laughs> sorry. I was up at Ryan's and, and Jamie's place and I, they had the Corvette admission cards. I asked everyone on the team what the Corvette admission card was, and if they knew the Corvettes. Nobody could tell me what the Corvettes were. And they've been up for a couple of weeks now, right? Yeah, a couple of weeks, right? Yep. But again, Sarah the- claims she got a couple of them. Who? <laughs> Sarah claims she got some of them. Oh, she got, yeah, she got two. Okay, that's something. She got two. She got two. Oh, yeah. yeah. She was better than nothing, right? No. Yeah. But again, when we roll out these cards, you just can't post them. You got to be, you got to sit down with them and explain to them. And there's a proper way to roll out stuff. Remember, to get buy in, they have, we have to have a verbal, you know, and we have to have a face to face confrontation, not a confrontation, but a conversation with them. So when you sit down, you're going to these core values, you want to make sure that you're talking to people face to face and saying, hey, when I show you these core values, what does this mean to you? What does, you know, what does community mean to you? What does family mean to you? What does, you know, accountability mean to you? What does it mean? <laughs> you want to make sure you're using these core value cards. Who doesn't have a core value mission card yet? Yeah. A couple of, I know a couple of new people in the group. Everyone say hi to Ben, by the way. Ben's new in the group. I don't have one yet. Yeah, we're going to work on that this week. <laughs> we're going to get I you one more. <laughs> So when we do, like, when I do interviews, I ask them, what does hospitality mean to you? What is, what do you do when a team member's view of um, one of your core values is extremely different than, than your, your version of that core value? Give me an example. Like you tell someone, uh, what does hospitality mean to you? Mm-hmm. And to them, it just means, uh, what did he say to me? He said something to the effect of, uh, you know, just uh, making sure people are happy. Mm-hmm. So I never, again, I never say you're wrong because that would be, that would be rude. But I say, so a lot of times I'll ask them, hey, what's your definition of, of hospitality? And they say, well, you know, it's just making people happy. And I would basically, I would say, I would say, well, on one level, hospitality is about making sure people are happy. But if we really look, then I go into what the definition, if we really look at the root of what hospitality is, it actually comes from the Latin word hospice, which means to be a host. So yeah, in your essence, to make people happy is a part of hospitality. But what we define it as here at Saffron de Trois is, and then you give your definition. So that's why you want to sit down and ask them, what does like hospitality mean to you? Because I'm telling you right now, most people have different definitions than what yours is. So when I sit down and say, hey, what does integrity mean to you? Yeah, I've, I've, I get sometimes some really different answers, especially when I get to respect you. What does respect mean to you? Well, respect's one of those things that, you know, I give only if I get. <laughs> All right, well, yeah. That's one way to describe it. I say, yeah, that's one way to look at it. You know, around here, though, in, in our restaurant, how we look at it for what we're doing is that res- respect means this. And then you give your definition of respect. Same thing when I'm doing interviews. I want to make sure that they're kind of in alignment. So when I have the interview card, when I'm doing an interview, I have the core value mission card between me and them. And I'm asking them, hey, you know, what does integrity mean to you? Well, you know, I never really thought about it. Well, just think about it for a second. Remember, the interview is about finding and digging down about their personality. 
We always hire for personality and then we train for skill. I think a lot of times when we're hiring people, we're, you know, and, and I know, especially now it's, it's the market's tight and you're kind of like stressed to get people and you're pretty much like you're breathing. All right, come on in. <laughs> you know, you have a pulse. Great. Let's do this. But we want to make sure we get the right people. I don't know how many times I've seen some negative people in an organization basically really destroy their organization. Remember, what's our number one motto? Be slow to hire, quick to fire. Slow to hire, quick to fire. If people aren't supporting your brand, supporting your culture, being positive, participating, you want to make sure that you're just basically making sure you're just getting rid of them. Okay. So we start off with these beautiful standards. And then Unfortunately, the culture is not really cultivated a lot. When we first start out, we have a little bit of culture and we're trying to basically create a culture by our standards, which if I try to create a culture by standards only, it basically forms a dictatorship. By implementing my core values and showing my team that my core values are very important to us and also explaining our mission to them, I'm going to get better buy-in from them. And we'll get buy-in from a, on a deeper level too. So I'm going to share with you guys Cynthia's. This is Cynthia's core value card from the James Ranch Grill. Remember your core value mission card, your core values, you have four, you have anywhere three to seven is like the max. You don't want any more than that. You have the word and then you have the definition underneath it. Then you have your mission. Your mission statement should be a very, very concise, broken down, easy to remember thing. Enrich people's lives, provide an exceptional experience, create raving fans. I love that. Super short to the point, people get it. Integrity, accountability, respect, communication. Integrity, doing the right things even when no one's looking, accountability, we hold ourselves and each team member to teach uh, team member accountable to our standards. Respect, respect the guests and the team, and most importantly, yourself and communication. Be clear, concise, and open in our communication with our guests and each other. This is like probably the biggest factor about getting the culture that you want. Stephanie, you've you've used this card pretty effectively. And since you've started using this, have you seen a change in the attitudes and the team members? Um, we have. We just we actually just had a meeting this week because we have a bunch of new team because everybody left for college. Uh, yeah. And we're actually going to gamify our uh, core value card just to really implement it. So once a week, we're playing a game with a new one of our core values, and they'll earn tickets to get for prizes, like you said, maybe some bigger prizes and mm -hmm. different things to get them to buy in. But I know when they all left, I explained a lot to them, and a lot of them said they understood who we were based on us talking about it. Awesome. And everyone knows the five different levels of buy-in for your team. You know the five of them buy 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 buy-in level. Can you go through those? Yeah, I will. Let me pull it up real quick. For the new people on the core as new people here. Just remember if you ever uh, want to get access to your members area, 
couple of things you can do. Number one, you just go to the, the, my website, therestaurantcoach.com. And if, you, if you're using a desktop, you can scroll down to the bottom and there's a button down there that says login. If you hit that login button, it'll ask you for your, your name, username and password. So when you use the sign up, it'll get you to your library. You can also go to your mobile phone app. The library, you'll see lots of stuff. You'll see Take Your Training Mobile. There's a little section there you can download. It's the Kajabi app. This is the platform I use called Kajabi. You can download the either iOS device or the Android device. Download it to your phone, and then you have all your training with you mobile. So it's always great to be able to live it. When you're driving in your car, maybe doing prep, or you're just sitting in your office, it's a great way to kind of get caught up on stuff too. All right. So. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, I think it was a mastermind. Was it on the? Oh, I know where it's at. Sorry. That's your accelerator program. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Buy in. Right, there's five tiers or levels to get buy-in from your team on your core values mission. Level one, if I walk up to anybody on your team, they can tell me the core value by name, by memorization. That means they can just, like we've said, like Cynthia had her list. You know, integrity, accountability, respect, communication. So level one is that they can tell me the names of the core values, all of the core values, not two or three. If you have five, they should be able to name all five. Level two or tier two is that they can name the core values and they can tell me the definition that's underneath it. Now, for those people on your team that say, I can't memorize, I can't remember anything. How many people will say that to you? You're going to have someone on your team say, oh, I just can't remember stuff. I would beg to differ that they can rememberize stuff if they really want to. And for instance, they probably know the lyrics to every damn Beyonce song out there. And they can say oh, the lyrics by heart. Yeah. You know, like yeah. if you memorize the lyrics to a Beyonce song, you can memorize my five, my four core values, please. All right. It's pretty simple. It's just that I don't really think it's important. So anytime someone says, oh, I just can't memorize stuff. I can't remember stuff. That's, remember, that's just a story you're telling yourself. You can if you really want to. So level two is they know the name of the core values and they can define them. Level three is they can recite the core value name, the definition, and they can say the mission statements. So I went to, if I go to Cynthia's place, James Ranch Grill, level three here, the team, the name of values, they can tell definitions and they can say the mission, enrich people's lives, provide an exceptional experience, create raving fans. <gasps> That's awesome. That's level three. Level four, is when I'm, if I'm at your property, I'm at your restaurant, I'm watching, I'm seeing that your actions and the team's actions are congruent and in alignment with the core values. This is mostly for the leaders. Your actions are congruent and alignment with the core values that your team sees you actually living them day to day. That's level four. Your actions are actually, I mean, I see you treating people. If your core values respect, I see you treating people with respect. 
If your core value is communication, I actually see you actively communicating with your team. Hi, Matt. <laughs> that's what I want to see. Whatever your core values are, I want to see you, that's a level four, I want to see you actually living them when I'm at your restaurant. Because remember, core values are great. I love core values, but if you don't actually live them, your team will never, ever, 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 ever buy in. Because you know why? Because you're a hypocrite. And no one wants to follow a hypocrite. If you say integrity is big and you tell them you're going to do something and you don't follow through on it, you don't, you lack integrity. Do your team, you think, you think your team's going to say, yeah, integrity, it's a bunch of bullshit around here because no one really buys into it. Again, level four is when I see your actions, your words in alignment with what your core values say. And then level five, now it takes a while to get to level five, just so you know. Level five is when I see your team using the core values and mission statements with each other to hold each other accountable. This is where we get that. Remember, we talk about that autonomous or leadership culture. When you are at level five on buy-in with your core values, your team is using them. Like, hey, dude, like, like, let's say a line cook makes a rude comment to a server, someone on the service team, a female. Let's say a male line cook, I just use this as a generalization, a male line cook makes a rude comment to a member of the service team, All right? Another member of the team goes, hey, dude, that's really rude, right? You need to apologize because that's not respectful. When I hear that, I know that's level five. Now the team's using the core values to kind of you know, make sure each other's in alignment. When I see the team, accountability. Hey guys, hey, hey man, hey, who closed last night? And this isn't the, from the leader, this is from the team. Hey, you know, hey Joe, you know, you closed last night, but just let you know, man, you, you didn't do the checklist and you didn't follow, you didn't, you know, didn't clean the three compartment sink. Hey, we got to be accountable for this stuff, man. It's really important that we follow the checklist because they're here for a reason. It's not just a, a list of things for you to check off. It's for something that you actually do so we can keep consistency and we can, we can actually make sure that we're in alignment with what we're doing. Now I see buy-in from your team because now they're using the core values and the mission to support each other and keep each other in alignment. This is where they're basically policing the team and you're not really having to do that anymore. That's where you know, everyone wants to get to. Right? But so important that you not only in every day, what's the five things? I talk about this all the time. What's the five determines you should be talking about with your team every day? I call it the daily five. What's the daily five? If you've been on the calls for a while, you should be able to tell me the daily five. What's one? Mission. Okay. One's mission, two is three is vision. What's four? Non-negotiables? Yep. Non-negotiable standards, expectations, whatever we want. Your non-negotiables, your standards, expectations. No, we don't do it like this. We do it like that. No, that's not how we do it. You're just always kind of correcting. You can call it coaching too. I'm always kind of, no, that's not how we do it. That's not, we don't, no, we're not doing it like that. We do it like this. That's how we do it. So I'm always preaching. And then the fifth thing. Trigger phrases? Conduct. Now, trigger phrases are for, uh, trigger phrases are for, like I say, well, you know, what's next? I'm always keeping them in alignment. Five, what's number five? Code of conduct. 
Positive reinforcement. Positive reinforcement, right. There you go. Positive reinforcement, right. Four, it could be a couple things. It could be non-negotiables. It could be trigger words. It could be code of conduct. All those things that kind of hold the standards. Four is mostly about holding the standards or, or basically drawing that line in the stand, say, no, we're not doing that, you know? I have a question right now, just based off of how understaffed we are and how mm -hmm. people are leaving because they're overwhelmed or think the job is too hard. I feel uncomfortable or like nervous, like having people do more or do everything to the standards because I don't want them to be, like, I feel like they're in control. So it's like if they, like these new people, if they feel it's too much, then they're just gonna leave. Well, how much do you have them doing? Do you have them doing like everything or you're breaking it down into small tasks for them? Yeah, I guess it's like, I mean, it's the same job that everybody's been doing for the last two years, but for whatever reason now, it feels like it's too much. Yeah, but it's, it's, how long have they been on the job though too? Yeah. yeah, like a month. Right, so you can't expect a new person to perform at the same level or handle the same workload as someone who's okay. been here for a year or two. So a lot of times you got to break it down into smaller bits. Like, Cora hired a new guy. Is Dennis still there? Yeah. <laughs> so, I, so Cora, when I was there, we interviewed this guy, Dennis. And Dennis is, uh, he's basically starting with prep. Now, Dennis is slow. He never worked in the kitchen before. He's not, Dennis can't hear me, can he? Okay. <laughs> it's like, just make sure. So Dennis is a new, new guy to the kitchen. Never worked in really, actually worked in restaurants before. But he had a really great personality, so we thought we'd give him an opportunity. Now, can Dennis, I mean, Chris is a rock star. But again, Chris never had, you know, restaurant experience before he started two years ago, right? I mean, did a little cooking and stuff like that, but never had any restaurant experience. But man, Chris is like a machine when it comes to cooking and putting out prep. It took him a couple of years at the gear. Now, does that mean that Dennis eventually might be that good? Man, I hope so. Will he need a lot of practice, a lot of training? Yeah, exactly. But I can't expect, I couldn't expect Dennis to move just as fast. Like, you know, hey, man, you got to keep up with Chris, man. He's like rocking it out. You got to be able to knock out as much production as he does. That would be unfair, an unfair expectations on Dennis to be able to knock out the same amount of work. Yeah, it's actually going really good. Um, we've been having a lot of conversations about positive reinforcement and just yeah. taking it so slow, but it's you know, you know, Chris and I are very high energy. And so I think people think we're just like lunatics, but <laughs> um, you know, going over the steps very slowly, mm -hmm. you know, so that they really get it. And, you know, as the owner, even though Chris is my partner, like going, remember what Donald said, I do, we do, they do. And right. like, it's so, it's probably the hardest thing for me. It is hard. It's super hard. But like that's our mantra right now. <laughs> we say that to each other about 50 times a day. I do, we do, they do. And then we, yeah, that's how you train. Training is a consistent process. And here's the thing. A lot of times you're very frustrated because you want them up to speed quick. And here's the thing you got to remember too. Everyone has a different learning curve. Everyone has a different learning style. Everyone has a different learning speed. I can't hire two people, put them through the exact same training and expect them to have the same output. Some people are a little bit slower. I hate to say that, you know? 
Some people take a little more time. Some people, that's why we follow that. And if you, if you know, in the, in the call, we talk about the 70-20-10 training method. 70-20-10 training method. Our 70-20-10 training method is 70% is hands-on. That's like working next to them. Hey, you know, I do it. We do it. You do it. I coach you. We do it again. I do it. We do it. You do it. And remember, we don't train them until they get it right. We train them until they can't get it wrong. It's probably the number one thing I see wrong with most restaurants. They just train them just a little bit, just so they think they got the hang of it, and then they turn them loose. Train them, train them, train them, train them, so they don't have any, they don't know any other way but to do it but your way. And it might cost you a little bit of money for product. It might cost you a little bit more on your time. But I'm telling you, it's so much worth it if you basically really reinforce, we're going to keep doing it until I know you don't know any other way. Because as soon as you train them a little bit and you stop, they're going to go back to their old habits because they thought that was an easier way or they go back to something that they thought was better. I just train them until they can't get it wrong. I don't train them until they get it right. I train them until they can't get it wrong. I just reinforce, reinforce. All right, make it again, make it again. And that goes like, this is like, so if I'm training somebody on pantry, this is how it would be. I don't show them all the salads. <laughs> And this is how I've seen people train. On pantry today, Ryan, I'm going to show you the three salads we have. And then I'm going to give you a little breakdown of them. I'm going to show you how to do each one. So I show you how to do it. Okay, you got it? All right, good. And then I throw Ryan in at lunch and I watch him struggle to try and make the salads. Now, that's not how you do it. Ryan, here's how we're going to do it. I'm a, we got three salads on our menu. You're going to do the Caesar salad today. Every time we get a Caesar salad, you're up. I'm going to show you how to make it. All right, I'm going to do it. All right, now you, you know, let's do it together. Okay, what, and then I'm kind of testing them. You know, how many croutons go in the bowl? How much dressing do I put in here? How much romaine do I put in here? Okay, perfect, perfect. Now, okay, now you do it. Okay, all right, oh, okay, that's good. But hey, make sure to put the dressing in the bottom of the bowl first so that way we're getting the, you know, the, all, the, all the lettuce really coated evenly. Make sure we put the croutons on top last as a garnish. Okay, really nice, looks great. And then now I'm saying, now Ryan, now every time an order comes in for lunch, you're doing the Caesar salad. I got the other two, you got that one. Cool? Cool. And then while I'm doing the other salads, he's watching me. Because I'm going to say to him, hey, tomorrow, you're going to do our table salad. Now, I'm not going to have you do it today, but watch what I'm making it so we can go over this tomorrow so you can kind of get the idea of how I'm doing it. And maybe when I'm making it, I'm actually talking out loud to Ryan. Hey, you know, just so you know, I know you're not doing this one today, but just so you can see. So I take the poppy seed dressing. I put it down the bowl. I take the arugula blend. I put it in the thing, right? I'm taking the cheese. I'm slicing four slices off there. They're one ounces each. Hey, I'm putting like one ounce of pistachios on there. I'm putting four grapefruit segments on the plate. All right, I'm gonna take our pickled onions, about two ounces of pickled onions. I'm putting it on top just so you can get, you know, get an eye of, idea of it. I'm constantly reinforcing. I'm talking while I'm doing it. You got The biggest thing about being a trainer is you got to talk. Because you got to remember people learn different modalities. Some people can learn just by watching. Some people learn just by listening. Most people need a combination of everything. I just can't have them watch me or, okay, watch how I do it. No, I got to talk them through it, talk it out loud. And if you're really smart, you're going to get a pair of these, these op kicks. These are, train these are uh, like little cameras and microphones built in. You're going to get 
put them on your phone, on your, on your glasses, or you can get some fake glasses and just put them on your thing. And what I'm doing is when I'm doing this training with someone, I'm actually recording it. So now I got visual, tra I got training that I can reinforce and put it in my online classroom. And that's the 10% part. 70% of our training is hands-on. 20% is reinforcement or, or, or mentoring. We're at the end of the shift. I'm going to sit down with Ryan. Hey, Ryan. Hey, man. Great day today on the prep, on the, on the pantry side, on the salad. What'd you think? What was, the, what was your favorite thing about doing today? What, and what, what do you think you have struggled with? Oh, you know, I just kind of forget the, I forget the number of croutons. Oh, hey, you know, if you did forget, remember on top of the cooler, we have a build sheet. The build sheet's like a cheat sheet. Tells you exactly how to go across and how to build stuff. Everyone knows what a build sheet is? Yeah, you should, everyone should have a build sheet. Let me find one. Build sheet. I can give you a copy of this too, so you can just build your own. It's pretty easy to do. What were those cameras called? Opkicks. I think uh, Cora has them, right? How's that spelled? O P. Oh, I'll put the link in the chat. I just texted you a picture of them, Omar. Yeah. Thank you, Cora. You're welcome. <laughs> So this is all your coolers. So like, you know, I was just at table and tap. They should, on top of your coolers or in a spot where the guys can see it, they should have what I call as a build sheet. This is like a cheat sheet. And a, cheat, a build sheet basically looks like this. Basically, I got the item. What goes in the saute pan, what the protein is, the sauce. And this is a basically, it's, a, it's, a, it's an Excel spreadsheet. And I blow it up. When I did these at Nona's, I blew them up. They're like four foot big. And they're like taped on top of the coolers, inside the coolers. So when a guy, when a cook is, you know, usually they have the cooler doors open, like the, you know, sandwich tables. When the sandwich tables are up and they're reaching in stuff, the bill sheets are taped. I mean, taped right inside. It's an easy reference for people, right? So you basically put the item what the sides are, what the, what the COP is. And notice I got everything down here. Like it's a six ounce tuna filet. How much sauce do we use? It's one ounce of pesto on each side of the tuna. How much heavy cream? No heavy cream on this dish. How much butter? All right. One ounce on the tuna, a large round garnish. It tells you what the garnish is. This is a build sheet. It should be everything broken down. You can see like I also got like salads down here too. Salad, how much dressing, composition, four ounces of lettuce mix, two ounces of cran raisins, two ounces of almonds, two ounces of grape tomatoes, S&P is salt and pepper. You know, what plate does it go on? It goes in a large bowl, right? What's the garnish? Six apple slices. Is there no garnish? No garnish. This is an easy, this, you want cheat seats. Remember, set my team up for success. A build sheet is like the fastest, easiest way to keep your team on track. Because that way, too, I can go back and spot check them. And it also gives them, like, ratios right here. So but sometimes I go back and, like, uh, I might go to the guy working the pantry. Hey, to pop a salad entree, how many ounces of salad? How much ounces of lettuce mix do you do? Oh, six. Nope. <laughs> Look at the build sheet, dude. It's four ounces, right? Right, for a, for a pop a salad side, how many ounces? Uh, four? No, three. 
The build sheet keeps them lined up. They know exactly what it is. Most of the major, fat, most of the major food groups, most of your food chains have build sheets. That's where I got the idea from. It's a quick reference guide. Keep them online. Would you guys like a copy of this? Yes, please. Really, yes, please. Yeah, I'll put it in the in today's replay. I'll put it in the notes. It's just an Excel spreadsheet. All you got to do is just go in and change it. And the nice thing is you save it. It's an Excel spreadsheet. Save it as a PDF. A PDF is an expandable print. You can have your printer printed out however big you want. Like I said, I had them print out like four foot big. They're huge. And they printed them out. And then we just taped them up inside the, inside the cool doors. You know, if you got a smaller cooler, like Ryan's, uh, his pantry cooler is not four foot long. It's only like a probably a three foot cooler, isn't it? or maybe a two and a half foot, it's a small cooler, but I would print up just a salad one just on that thing. Or maybe whoever has that station, I would have like my salad and he has like the, the oven too. I might put that part of the build sheet right on his station. And then like by Ryan's place, like the fryer guy, I would probably stick it on the wall at the end by the fryer. So he had a quick reference guide real quick. What goes on what, right? These are great because it keeps consistency. The biggest problem we have is lack of consistency. Lack of consistency kills restaurants. So when I'm training my team, remember, 70, 20, 10. At the end of the shift, I'm going over, kind of going, hey, what was good today? What did you learn? What are the things you think you need to, you know, what are the things that kind of were a challenge for you? And then 10% should be online reinforcement. You should have some kind of learning vehicle, like an online school. And we tend to use Google Classroom. Google Classroom's a great one to use. There's another one out there. Um, what was the other one they told me about? Is Google Classrooms free? Yeah, Google Classroom is free. You just gotta set up, say you're your university. <laughs> just say you're a university. Google Classroom's free. Anisha, Who's on the call? She's like she's like the the mistress of the mistress of uh, the master of Google Classroom. And Stephanie uses it too, don't you, Steph? I'm almost done getting it set up. Almost done. Almost done. Let's see. All right, and then if you, now this is a you know, Google Classroom free. If you're kind of a bigger brand and you wanna, you wanna go, <laughs> this one's really expensive, but this is the one Yvonne uses. Now Yvonne has 10 locations and she has like, what, I think 500 employees. I'll show you one that she uses, but it's, it's not a, good idea i mean it's it's not a i mean it's pretty pricey it's like 10 grand for a year <laughs> okay so she uses one called one huddle which they basically gamify stuff and it's training as a game so they get points for learning stuff 
And then they can use points like, you know, Mamba mentality. It's the manager, bartending 101. But this, uh, this is more for bigger organizations. But what I would say is ask for a demo and take some ideas from the demo <laughs> and incorporate them into your thing. Nothing wrong with getting a free demo and saying, how can I take some of this stuff and incorporate into my Google Classroom? And they also have some really good, uh, if you go to their website, it's onehuddle.co.co. I'll put the link in the chat. Hey, Donald, in Google Classroom, I made it where each thing they watch, they earn so many points after they pass their uh, oh, quiz. Cool. And they can even earn a full day's off pay after they get X amount of points. Yeah, I see. That's cool. People love that. If you can gamify stuff, and they, right here you can see on one huddle, they have some blogs in the bottom, which is really cool. Um, they have one workplace gamification 101. All right. It's pretty cool. Anything you can do. And then most played games. Like I said, it's an expensive pr platform. But if you want to have some fun with it, you know, you can actually ask for maybe ask for a demo and then or, or just go to their website and see what stuff you can incorporate into your stuff and take Stephanie's idea for that's a great one. It's like gamify stuff. People love games. People love to like, see, how can I earn points? How can I get days? How can I get a paid day off? That'd be awesome. I think I talked to Steph and Matt about eventually getting to the point where maybe you want to like a staycation, right? Yeah. Like, you know, a nice staycation in town and a nice hotel, you know, people love that kind of stuff. Ryan talked, there's a hotel not too far from Ryan's place, the Comfort Inn, and they have a really nice pool. I mean, a staycation there or up, up the street, up to the mountains and stuff like that would be a great game for people. Don't be afraid to take things to the next level with your training. But I really want everyone to focus on your culture. Your culture is key because I'll find, I'll tell you right now, we start off with these standards and then we get pushed back, we drop our standards. And then we have a hard time getting the bar back up there because we don't have the culture to support it. Culture is cultivated and it's cultivated by the actions you take every day. And following your daily five, every day you should be preaching a mission, a core value, a vision, what our vision statement is. You should be talking about our standards and your standards includes your non-negotiables, what my expectations are reinforcing that no that's not the way we do it we do it like this okay Re referring to stuff like the build sheets no hey guys that's how we do it i'm tr i'm testing them every day and then using positive reinforcement looking for the good <clears throat> if i went up to your team today and i asked your team i say be 100% honest does the owner or manager walk up to you every single day and say, thank you. How many people could confidently say they get 100% thank yous? All right, two or three of you, All right? Your goal is to always get 100% thank yous. And what I mean by that is that you should never leave your restaurant or no one should ever leave a shift without you just saying, you know what? Hey, I appreciate you being here today. Thank you for being here. I think the number one reason we lose people is that we as an industry have become a stereotype. Restaurant industry is known as, you know, pay people well. Um, we treat people like shit. 
Um, you know, we're going to work you to death. You're not going to ever get a break. You're not going to ever eat. If you do eat, if you eat, eat out of a damn deli cup over, over a trash can, or you get to eat a left, you, you get to eat a mistake. <laughs> it gets put on the side. Now staff loves mistakes. I mean, it's food for them. They're like starving. <laughs> But what can you do to ensure that everyone on your team feels appreciated? Type in the chat. What's one thing you could do today to make sure everyone on your team feels appreciated? What's one thing you could do every day? Or one thing you do today? <clears throat> like, for instance, Stephanie and Matt aren't at their restaurant. They're in Vegas at the pizza show. What could you do, Stephanie and Matt, what, you do, what could you do today to tell your team you appreciate them? What could you do? Oh, a thank you card. Thank you cards are great. Gave everyone a day off for school since it's a busy day. Yep. You know, another thing you could do, and this would be, this, this is going to push you outside your comfort zone. All right, I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to push everyone outside their comfort zone. But I love pushing outside your comfort zone. You know I do. What if you just took your phone, turned the video on, turned it to yourself and just said, hey, hey, this is Stephanie and Matt. We're in Vegas. We just want you to know from our heart, we really appreciate everything you guys do for us. And even though we're here in Vegas and we're here at the pizza show, we're coming back with a lot of We just want you to know that we really appreciate you. And you send it out to your staff. Cards are great. A video is better. We talk about marketing. Matt's like, I'm not saying nothing. <laughs> I, no, I, I go, that's not out of my comfort zone. That's, that's like, now, Matt, that's out of Matt's comfort zone. We know that. Oh, yeah. Matt's, like, Matt's like, you're doing it. I'm just going to sit there. Yeah. But for some of you, that's out of your comfort zone. And then sometimes we're uncomfortable telling people we appreciate them. If you have, an, if you have a culture of gratitude, you have a culture of respect, you have a culture of accountability you will get the restaurant you want. So many times we have restaurants that and our culture is not where we want it to be because we're not holding ourselves accountable to a higher level. And therefore we don't, we don't expect our team to be accountable. Okay. Remember four levels of culture, four different types of culture. I basically call them. One is the wild, wild West. That's where your team runs the show. You know, I've seen restaurants like that. Managers hiding in the office, afraid to come out, doesn't barely ever interact with the guests or the staff. So when I come to your restaurant, what I'm looking for, a lot of times when I'm doing like my site visits, I'm looking for your interaction too with your team. I want to see if you're coaching them, if you're basically giving praise, if you're giving feedback, if you're encouraging them, if you're talking about the daily five to them. If I see that, you're actually, remember, like level four, you're actually living, breathing, and being in congruency with your core values. I want to see that with your team, right? You have the friends culture. That's where everybody is your friend and everybody wants to be friends. Nobody wants to say anything to anybody because nobody wants anybody to get offended or hurt. The friends culture, basically there's no accountability. Everyone gets a pass and we let people slide on stuff. 
And the problem is, is that as we let things slide, people just know there's no accountability. So they pretty much give up. The next one is called the dictator. That's when you basically decide that you go from one extreme to the other. And that's it. I'm not putting up with this anymore. I'm going to put my foot down. You put the hammer down, all right. But you actually become a micromanaging jerk. And you're just on top of them all the time. You're yelling at them all the time. They always, if they feel degraded, they feel like they can't do anything right. You're always in their face. You're always putting down, you're always, you're always pointing out what they do wrong all the time, never what they do right. That's the dictator. And the last one, you want to get to that autonomous kind of leadership culture where the team basically runs the show and you're just basically, you're watching. And you're, you're basically giving feedback, you're giving praise and you're pushing the brand to that next level. That's where everybody wants to get to. You want to get to that autonomous phase where you can actually work on your business, not in your business. I know a lot of people right now are stuck in their business because of the you know economy, because of you know the pandemic, because of labor. You got to keep pushing forward. You got to keep doing the recruiting. You got to get out there. You got to be actively recruiting. You want to spend 20 minutes twice a week actively recruiting. 20 minutes twice a week actively. What are recruiting. your ideas for that? Active recruiting, you're going to use Indeed. Use Indeed and you actively recruit. If you go back into the... If you go into the members area... I had a question that came up yesterday. Um, we had a girl drop off an application and I know that like when you get reference calls, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you can only give so much information, right. but I mean, this girl had horrible reviews from every employer. <laughs> <laughs> and um, when she called back, uh, Jen was like, I just told her that we weren't really looking for anybody else at the time. And I'm like, well, that's not true because everywhere you look, it says the shed is hiring. Mm -hmm. um, but is it, not, like, what would you say when you got a bunch of bad, like, I mean, they didn't go over, I think, their bounds. They were just like, absolutely not eligible for rehire. Absolutely mm -hmm. not. Zero. No, 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 no. Right. And what would you tell somebody that had bad reviews like that when they called back to check and see if they could have a job? Oh, I, you know, I... <laughs> I would say, be honest with them. Okay. You know, we followed up on some of your references and unfortunately we just don't think it's a good fit for us. That's all you gotta say. You don't say why. Oh my God, you got horrible, oh, you got horrible <laughs> references. Oh my God, it was horrible. Oh my God, I can't believe it. Now say, hey, listen, we, I appreciate you calling back. I'm always polite. I appreciate you calling back, but we did check some of your references and unfortunately, I just don't think it'd be a good fit for our team. We wish you all the best in finding, you know, finding something in, in, in the market for yourself. You know, be polite. Hey, we appreciate you. We appreciate you applying, but just unfortunately, we did check some of your references. And, and at this time, we just don't think it would be a good fit for our, for our team. That's all. What if, what if they ask for more information on why they're not a good fit? Like you can't give them any, like, no, you, you, don't have to, you don't have to justify yourself. Just say it's just not a good fit for our organization. And if they say, well, what, 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 what does somebody say? I would suggest you bring up that with the people who gave you references. 
They know who they put down for references, right? Buy new references. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that is that. Is, here's the thing: most people put down good references, <laughs> right? Usually, yeah. You know, usually, if they put references down, they're gonna put like people that they know are gonna give you a good reference. So it's like that's scary. Yeah. Yeah, that's so strange. Yeah, because I, I never check references because I automatically assume like, you're only going to give me people that can say good right, things. Right, so. but you should call at least one or two just to make sure. I always call references. Yeah, Ben had a question. So, uh, Ben, in the mastermind recall or replays under the you Q- me? call, uh, Ben, you'll see there's a mastermind call eight five twenty twenty one job ads and recruiting using Indeed. There's a good thing in here. It's a good replay about that. And there's also a job ad template in here that you can download and then we can work on. So it's in the mastermind call replay Q&A. Call 8521, how to use Indeed. It's a good one. So if you're having trouble getting your team to follow your checklist, having trouble getting your team to do things the way you want them to do, you got to look at your core values and your culture. Because culture is the driving factor, I'm telling you right now. I mean, my whole next book is all about culture because it's that important. In fact, on on the way back from Boston, I wrote probably... 15 pages in the new book, just on culture. So when we're hiring, does everyone understand what we're looking for? I would say experiences, and I'm gonna share this. You guys are gonna see a sneak peek of of the new book (laughs) all right strength-based strength-based hiring we've all made bad to hire hired hires i've done it too actually i've done it a lot i said team fit is something that a lot of times we don't take and a lot of times here's the thing fundamental hiring practice we started is that we hire by experience we need a line cook we look for people that have the most experience need a general manager hey this person has 13 years as a GM. That's a slam dunk, right? No. Slam dunk. Ha, ha. Use your name in there. Do you like that stuff? <laughs> Subtle. You're in the book. You didn't even know it. If always that would easy. Experience is one dynamic in the decision to see if someone's a good fit for your team. There are eight dynamics, actually. Number one is experience. Number two is personality or behavioral dynamics. Three is core values, belief systems, emotional intelligence, kinetic energy, job fit, cultural dynamics, or team fit. And I break them down each one for you, by the way. If you like, I will copy I will copy this and put it into today's notes for you too, okay? Eight dynamics we look for when we're hiring. Experience, as you can see there. And I talk about doing stages or tryouts. Okay. What I should look for in a stage. When they're following recipes, what I look for when they're following recipes. I say over the last 40 years, I've seen a lot of experienced line cooks. Nowhere good as they think they are. 
i.e. Phil. <laughs> Cora has a guy named Phil. Phil has four years of experience. He thinks he's the next Bobby Flay. And then personality dynamics. Talking about personality dynamics. It's some good stuff here. Talk about core values again. Talking about belief systems. He's really been doing better. It's it's so, it's kind of really? weird, but yeah. Uh, I rolled out core values cards and, you know, he was kind of always harping on Ray and Ray has like, this weekend was amazing. Like everybody was in their flow. We had time. I found because we weren't scrambling so hard, I found time like to do a pre-shift and then an after shift and go over. And Ray was like, dude, Cora's like the best person I've ever worked for. And I was like, even though I made you take off your Rainier shirt, he was like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Then. It, yeah, way good turnaround. And they're both like, yeah, we can't wait for Donald to come back. I was like, oh. I thought you guys thought he was mean. <laughs> they do usually think I'm mean. <laughs> they usually do. It's like people, they, it's, it's just like my books. People love me or hate me. <laughs> There's no in between usually. Yeah, he was okay. No, he's an asshole. He was awesome, man. I loved him. Yeah. One or the other. It's okay. Truth hurts. Yeah, right? it's I don't get paid to be popular. Yeah. <laughs> I get paid to get results, right? That's it. That's good to hear about Phil. We actually should schedule a call, you, me, and Phil pretty soon, just to kind of reinforce that you've, and now mention to him with you on the call that you've given some good feedback about the thing he's, he's done. And so that way he knows that you're talking positive about him to me. Yeah. And, you know, Ray too, both of them were like, were like, you know, I was talking about what we've been working on and some of the steps and everything. And they're like, oh yeah, well, when Donald comes back next time, like we're going to be prepared with potatoes. Well, you should be past the potato thing, but okay. So I mean, so this guy, Phil, he, he was like really cocky that he was really a badass. So I had him do a knife skills test that we used to do at Wolfgang Puck. And so it's a really, it's a simple knife skills test, but so many people fail it. And it's, Pretty easy in the sense that you give them an onion. And Chef, you can see that. You know how this goes. So you give them an onion. They got to peel and dice an onion, small dice an onion in less than 60 seconds, which is pretty easy. You can you can peel and dice an onion in less than 60 seconds. So, But then the clock keeps running, but you don't tell them that the clock, they think the whole thing's timed. And you tell them the directions are very cool. I said, you got 60 seconds to peel and dice, small dice this onion. I have a potato there with a peeler next to the to the cutting board for him. I give him a raw potato and I said, for the potato here, I want to see, I want three different dices. I want large dice, small dice, and I want a brunoise dice. And then I give them um, a little pile of uh, a little pile. Oh, I give them a bell pepper and I say the bell pepper, I want to see uh, Julian's and then brunoise dice. And then I give him a little bit of pile of like spinach. And I say, I want to see a chiffonade. And I say, and then I just tell him, I said, you can't, I said, once, once I tell you the instructions, I can't repeat the instructions to you. So of course 
they say, I, I said, hands up. As soon as you start, as soon as you grab your knife, the clock starts. So you touch your knife. I start the clock. I got to peel and dice the onion 60 seconds, but then the clock keeps running. They think the whole thing's time, but it's only the really part of timing is actually the first part, the onion, because they didn't ask, you know, and that's part of the thing. Are they asking for clarity of directions? So then they get to potato, the peelers to the right of them. There's a big peeler there for a reason. They should ask, do you want the potato peeled? Yes or no? And you then, of course, you say, yes, I want the potato peeled. Most times, and now at Wolfgang Puck, if you don't peel the potato, it's an automatic fail. Because you, you should peel the potato before you dice it. <laughs> so a lot of them just grab the potato and start dicing it. And then his knife cuts were all off. You know, his knife cuts, for, for, he didn't know what a Brunois dice was. I mean, super, super, like, what is it, like one-eighth by one-eighth chef? Like that? Super small. So he, he and then... It came to the Julian. He just like hacked that thing up too. And then the chiffonade, he was like all over the place. So he failed. And then I actually, I took the knife and I actually, I did, I took a potato and I did, and I showed him what the dices should look like. So he knew what it looked like. And so I think that was a good humbling experience for him. Now he wants to go out and buy potatoes and practice all the time, right? <laughs> I think it just both of them, you know, made him like realize that like leveling up and it feels good to level up yeah. as well and to do a better job yeah yeah and always circle it back to the core values one of your core values is respect right mm -hmm. yeah that's a huge one with him that he always he actually really needed help with mm -hmm. yeah and one of the things you can reinforce to them is that when donald comes back He's going to be looking for not only that you know the core values, he's going to see that you are actually acting in the core values while you guys are working with each other and with me especially. I'm also going to be seeing that you act in congruency with your core values to your team. We introduced the core values. Now I'm going to come back and see how much have they really taken to heart. Same with Ryan. Ryan just introduced the core values. I can't really hold his team too accountable because they just actually rolled out the core values. But the next time I go back to see Ryan, yeah, I expect to see the core values in place. The team knows him, but also I'm going to be watching Ryan closer to see that he's acting in integrity with his core values, that he's actually in congruency and actually seeing those things, right? So, like, the first trip is always kind of, you know, it's just me feeling out and getting to know the layout of the land and know with the team and also getting to know your layout and what your structure is as far as your equipment, you know? Because, like, Ryan's place – Cora's line is, I don't know who designed her line. It was like the worst designed line. It's like the longest line I've ever seen in the history of a kitchen. <laughs> it's got to be 80 feet long. It's like the longest kitchen line I've ever seen. Whereas Ryan probably has one of the smallest lines I've ever seen in the world. I mean, super small. I mean, two fryers, three foot grill, three foot flat top, and I think it's just six burners. That's it. Really small. Yeah, totally night and day. So it's always fun going to people's restaurants and seeing the layout and stuff and seeing what they have to work with. I'll be going out next to, I think my next tip, I'm going to go see Ben in Iowa. Going to Iowa. We're going to have to diet before I go to Ben's place. He's got, he's got really good burgers. I'm going to diet before I go to his place. I'll be eating a lot of burgers. Do you know when you're coming yet? 
I gotta look at my. I'm gonna look at my calendar, Dan. I'll get. I'm gonna reply to your email that you sent me. Okay. I'll give you some notes back on that stuff you sent me, and then I'll send you also some dates too. Okay. Cool. All right. Do you have any questions or anything? Remember, so don't forget, if you're coming to the restaurants, uh, restaurant owner boot camp, September 12th, 13th, please let me know right away. I know most people have already confirmed that they're coming. If you can't make that, I do recommend that you come to the Restaurant Success Summit. I got the agenda lined out. It's really good. I've got six speakers now. A good friend of mine, Ava Ballerin from Spain, has added herself. She's going to come over. She's really super great at dynamics and about, especially about strategic planning, Ava Ballerin. So she'll be here. I got Bruce Irving from Smart Pizza Marketing. I got my, my good friend, Kelly Jones. He's really good about leadership and how to actually set up your business so you, do, you can manage remotely, lead, you lead your team remotely. I got um, Bo Bryant, really good friend, strategist. He'll be here. A lot of people have seen Bo in some of my online summits and stuff like that. If you've never seen Bo in person, he's really super dynamic. Uh, Abel will be here. And then Zach Oates is going to be here also from Ovation. Talk about tech and how you can incorporate tech into your restaurant seamlessly to interact with the guest experience. If you got a fast casual place or you got a fast or a quick service place, Ovation is really great. Or you do a lot of delivery and takeout, Ovation is a great thing. Mark, what's your question? Uh, when are you going to get the 10-day uh, uh, challenge? Oh, I'm going to upload that pretty soon. I mean, is that because I have uh, an employee, I like them to watch it. Yeah. So, I'll, start, I'll start loading it up this week. I have right. it. Load, I have it. I just got uploaded to the members area. All right. Thanks. Cool. Cool. Thank you for mentioning that. I'll make sure I put it on my list. I don't put it on my calendar. I forget. I shit. have a question. Do any of you guys have any of your employees uh, running your social media by any chance? That's the reason why I wanted to get one of my employees to watch the 10-day challenge because, yeah, I'm, I'm getting ready to turn over to one of my employees. Love that stuff. We've been switching that over, too. I've got my head bartender for the pub downstairs who has been sort of starting to inch her way into taking over the social media for Kingdom Top Room. Awesome. McKenna's going to start. She asked if she could do ours the other day. Yeah. Great. But if you got people taking over your social media, I want you focusing on recruiting, 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 recruiting. If you have, if you're in the restaurant accelerator program, don't forget in the accelerator program tomorrow, it's part two of the talent attraction method. If you're in an accelerator program, do not miss that. Talent attraction method is actually six lessons within a lesson. So, so tomorrow on the accelerator, if you're in the accelerator program, accelerator program, we talked about attract. Tomorrow we're gonna talk about recruiting. So if you don't wanna, if you don't, if you wanna just, there's a restaurant mastermind one that has a little bit about recruiting. Tomorrow I'm gonna really dig deep into recruiting. In fact, I'm gonna really do a lot on recruiting tomorrow on the accelerator call. And then, the, then we have interviewing, I'm going to show you how to interview property, how to set up interview kind of package. We're talking about how to onboard properly, where you actually onboard the right way. I'm going to show you how to train better. And I 
Probably. I don't know. I know. Is Nisha still in the call? Nisha I might bring you in and do the train one to help us set up with Google Classroom. And then retention. I'm going to show you how to set up a really cool retention program that makes sure you don't get poached ever again. Sound cool? Sounds good, Anisha said. Perfect. All right. So this year, remember, Restaurant Owner Bootcamp, September 12th, 13th, Restaurant Success Summit, October 25th, 26th, 27th in Scottsdale. Next year, we're moving into Australia. Yeah. Next year, next October, we're doing the Restaurant Success Summit in Australia. Cora, we have to like have to we have to make sure we get Cora out of the country. She'll want to stay. I know it. We have to drag her out. So, all right. This year it's in Scottsdale. Next year, I promise, is going to be in Australia. It'll be fun. Hopefully, it'll be open to 100% by then, right? Yeah, I can't wait till the, uh, till the borders are open again so I can come and see you guys over there. No, no, yeah. We'd love to have you here, too. Yep. So everyone have a fantastic day. Make sure if you got your 515 reports in. Some people sent their 515s in. I saw Cora's. I saw Chef Omar's. So do you just... When you do it online, you just hit select and send. Mm -hmm. Or you can just do a screenshot of it. Some people just do the Word document part of it, just copy and paste it and just send to me a Word document, whatever feels good for you. You know, if you don't, you know, like, don't let the tech kind of overwhelm you. All right. And we got a new person joining our group. His name's Travis. He's in Texas. He'll be joining our calls probably starting tomorrow. So. The, group, the group's growing. It's really nice to see. If everyone needs anything, please let me know. I'm here for you. And I will see everyone tomorrow. Brian, I'll get back to uh, Ben. I'll get back to you later today. Right. Okay. And then everyone else, I should see you on either the group, uh, the accelerator call tomorrow, or I'll see you on the one on one calls. Everyone have a fantastic day. Thank you. Thank you. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Restaurant Coach Podcast with Donald Burns. Tune in next time as we serve up more ways to maximize your potential. Visit our website at www.therestaurantcoach.com or download episodes at iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify.